0: The final furlong podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. The sports betting exchange today. New customers only. Terms and conditions apply. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy.
1: And it's great to have your company as we look back on the key novice performances from Cheltenham 2023 in the company of the author of Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide, Mr. Paul Ferguson. Welcome back, Paul. I'm asking I you In good form, missing Cheltenham, now looking forward to Aintree and also very keen to get stuck into the flat. It's amazing how once Cheltenham comes to an end, it all becomes about the big race over obstacles and the flat campaign very much comes into mind as well. But let's let's not go on about Aidan O'Brien and Godolphin and the classics too much just yet because it's all about Cheltenham. Um, We're going to talk about the the key novice performances, so we'll begin with the novice hurdlers. Uh, But how did Cheltenham go for you, Paul Ferguson?
0: Yeah, it was a good week. Good week, probably um, three winning days and a, and a tough day on the Thursday, so I wouldn't complain really. But um, no, overall it was great. Uh, it was fantastic to be there, particularly on the Tuesday. Um, possibly one of the the best days racing overall I can remember in a long time. So um, yeah, pleasure to be there. And yeah, now as you say, look back now and then, um, look forward to entry. Time always doing anyway
1: of course <laughs> absolutely of course and we can use your invaluable Weatherbys Cheltenham festival betting guide to steer ourselves towards the key races for entry all the big novice races uh, the big grade ones and of course the grand national as well all the stats and trends are there um i'll ask you about stats and trends towards the end but let's get straight into it let's begin with the supreme novice hurdle uh, which was won by marine national well don paul ferguson you were very bullish about him uh, I got him badly, badly wrong, but a terrific training performance from Barry Connell and a brilliant ride from Michael O'Sullivan, who rode him with supreme confidence the whole way through, uh, tracked Fasal Vega, knew that that was the horse to track, um, and Paul commits a fair way out, which Paul William Mullins was not very pleased about, but brilliant ride from Michael O'Sullivan and a tremendous training performance as Marine Nationale, Continues his unbeaten record and now makes it five out of five. What did you make of him?
0: Uh, yeah, I was totally impressed with him. Um, he did basically what I hoped he might do, in that he stepped forward considerably in a better race He travelled and jumped. And as you say, if I saw Vega, probably went on soon enough, but I think the best doors won. Um, I don't think there's any, any dispute in that, to be honest. They'll probably clash again and punch his time, but. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Marine National. I thought I thought, as you say, I thought Michael Sullivan gave him a gave him a polished ride, and I think he he, he was confident he was going to pick Fastal Vega up as he approached the last because he didn't he didn't ask for everything. He he, he waited till last to last the last, and he just had a bit too much pace for him. I thought in the closing stages. So yeah, I think the best horse won on the day. Um, it was good to see bit Vega obviously bounce back and um, left the Dublin Racing Festival form behind reversing that with Alessi Tom elsewhere in the race thought in, in the pocket ran well and probably did run in the wrong race really probably would have been better over a shade fair I think he'll improve for going back up and trip Um and I thought chasing fire ran better than the bare results because he travelled well to three hours and I'm not sure what the reason was why he stopped so quickly um, but to, to three hours he travelled like a good horse and um, he'd, he'd be another one I'd be I'd be looking possibly to give another chance to if he went to entry maybe
1: Yeah, there's definitely horses that you can forgive, and Mighty Potter pulled up in this and then went on to win a grade one at the Punchestown Festival, so horses can recover from this. Um, Just on Marine National, uh, straight after the race, Barry Connell said, and we'll be back for the Arkle next year. So it sounds as though novice chasing is very much on the agenda with him, but later on the card, Constitution Hill did what he did, and Nicky Anderson is intimating that it's novice chasing for him as well. Um, Yeah. What, what that, do you do if, if Barry Connell asks you? what What's your suggestion for him for next season?
0: I think it probably depends on the same. When Perry we will get too short, I think it probably a lot depends on what Nicky decides to do with constitutional, to be honest. Um, I would imagine if he stays Hurdle and then go and chase him will be the sensible option with the two the two novice Hurdle winners. Uh, they've both got the size and scope for it. Despite his pedigree, Marine National looks like he'd, he'd have no problem jumping offence. He's um nice lengthy individual. Um, so I would imagine that would be the route. If Constitution does stay over here, as I, I do imagine that Marine National will go chasing, same with Fasel, really, I would imagine that he'll go chasing as well. So um, I think, yeah, and say I think the two of them will clash. I punched someone, I would think, before. And they had an interview with Barry Connell before Cheltenham saying that he, he doesn't really like Aintree. Um, I was looking back I, th- I think he was referring to a horse picking up an injury or yeah it's one horse looking back I think it was Western leader in the Sefton obviously like, I, mean, I can only assume because he was off for a while after he finished second in the Sefton a good few years ago um, so despite I think the track would be ideal for Marine National Entry, to be honest because he's all speed isn't he So, um, but it looks like there goes punches down um, if the ground was drier probably I'd be quite confident he'd, he'd up hold the fall there so um, would be interesting, but yeah, in the long term, I do think a lot will depend on what Constitution Hill does, and that that's going to be some brave call. If he, assuming he goes to ancient and wins as comfortably as he does at Cheltenham, it'd be a brave call to be a, next time we see him to be in a beginners or a novice chase.
1: Yeah, I mean the only difference there though is if you do go novice chasing, you can just avoid Constitution Hill when it comes to Cheltenham because you can go. Oh, you're going Arkle, right? Well, we we'll go Turners, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah they you can don't. do. But, but I think, but I think if he, if he does go chasing it, the the oh, two mile hurdle division looks pretty open. So you wouldn't be surprised if one of them wants to have a crack at it. Or probably more so in Perry Pass, we will come to as I say in that shortly.
1: Yeah, and and we'll talk more about that in, in the other show. But if State Man stays over hurdles, then he will be the de facto winner of the champion hurdle next year. But it all depends on what's going to happen with the others uh, on Fasal Vega, I'm not so sure that. Marine National will confirm superiority over him at Punchestown because Paul probably did go too soon on him for all that he had a terrific them, and I certainly don't want to be beating him over the head on, on this one um, I don't think he had much of a choice he just was traveling so so well almost too well <laughs> that he was, he, kind of, he was kind of forced into it. Uh, but William Mullins did say afterwards he's gone too soon on him and that he'd be pretty confident that he'd turn the form around the next day, or at least words to that effect. Uh, and the other aspect is that mistake at the last has definitely cost him a good bit. He's lost a lot of momentum there. I think Marine Nationale still wins even with that mistake, but it definitely swung the momentum completely in his direction.
0: Yeah, possibly. i say. Well, I watched it back a few times. I thought. I thought the winner was a worthy winner, to be honest. Three and a quarter lengths between them at the line. Maybe he did go shade soon, but he probably didn't want to disappoint the horse. As you say, he was travelling really well at the foot of the hill, found himself in an ideal position. But we've seen a lot of. We've seen a lot of horses do that and win the supreme in the past. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd be. Especially say if the ground dries out more by the time Puncher Sound comes around, which is. Likely, I think on better ground. I think I just think Marine National is possibly the slightly quicker horse out of the
1: two Yeah, that's certainly that's certainly true, uh, or at least it could certainly be one interpretation of it. Um I wonder if yeah. Vasal Vega I wonder if Heinz hindsight, hindsight's a great thing. If you'd swap them around if you put in Perry Pass in this one or and Vasal Vega in the Ballymore, do you end up with a different result uh or do things flip around but whatever the whatever the story barry connell has done wonders here i mean this is this is no mean feat he's got 25 horses in training uh he's got great people working alongside him like roger Lockran is is up there um who you know knows spent his entire life in the game was a brilliant horseman and, and to have people like that at your side he surrounded himself with the right people uh, he's pumped an awful lot of money into the game and he's buying the right stock. And I believe Marine National was COVID purchased. That's why there's no point to point for him because there, there were no point to points during that period of time. But what a purchase and, and what a training performance. And to have the confidence that he had, like he did not need to be as hard on himself, telling anybody who would listen, this horse is going to win. But he did. But he did that anyway. And he kind of referenced that in one of his interviews with Lydia afterwards. Uh, which which I like, I like, and I, I, Lydia said that she liked it. I like it too. I, I really admire him for being as bullish as he is, but also for having the the great eye that he has and the ability as a trainer. Like he could be paying anybody to be doing this job, but he's decided to do it himself, and he's having tremendous success with it.
0: He is, yeah, um, yeah, an incredible performance really. Say from such a small string that head to Cheltenham with two live chances in the, in the not, the two novice hurdles was, um, and good land a good race as well. Again, we'll touch yeah. on that shortly. But, um, yeah, incredible. And also to have the bravery to put him away for however long he did from when he won the Royal Bond. Um, I know I said on the, the previous show that I know a lot of people, a lot of people didn't like that approach, but it seems sensible with him because he'd been on the go for so long during the summer and bumpers and things. Um, but he's probably missed out on the way the, the way the ground turned out at Dublin Racing Festival and things, and does a leopard sound through the winter. Probably missed out on another prize or two, so he's going to be relatively fresh as well now for the for the spring. Um. So again, there should be no excuses for him punch at Punchestown.
1: Yeah, agreed. I think that rematch with Fasal Vega is going to be fascinating. Uh, what do you do with Fasal Vega? Because unlike his mother, who was a tiny little thing, he's a giant of a horse and definitely yeah. has the scope for jumping fences is that the direction you would go in with him novice chasing for him as well
0: yeah I would yeah I'd send him chasing next year definitely he's already six um, as you say as I say I think he's I think Marie National's is the quicker the two horses just on natural pace so I think um I'm not sure he'd be a champion at all, so I think going chasing with Fasel Vega would be the way to go Yeah,
1: I would love him in the turners next year That just seems ideal for me, um, or at least to my eyes, uh, for him. I really like the performance of Diverge. They were telling anybody who would listen that they expected him to run a a massive race, and he was really well-backed in the weeks leading up to it. He'd been as big as 33-1 to a month beforehand, even after his win in a maiden hurdle. Uh, There was a lot of bullishness about him, and he's run a, a cracking race. I would nearly consider him for the champion hurdle, uh, next season, the son of Frankel, um, he was smart on the flat in France, cost an awful lot of money, bolted up in his maiden hurdle, he's placed in a supreme. Vibes of sublimity about him. If Constitution Hill is really going novice chasing, then that entire champion hurdle market is needs to be torn up uh, and re-looked at, and at 40-1, to 1, I wouldn't mind a few quid on him for the champion hurdle next year.
0: Yeah, and you wouldn't, uh, you would imagine, again, better ground, that probably would have suited um, just with his pedigree and things. So, Again, yeah, I, don't, I expect him to go to maybe, maybe he'll be considered for entry the speed horse um, but yes. I would think that he'd probably go to the two punches down, and possibly not possibly mi- miss if Fasal Vega and Marie National do go for the grade one as you'd expect um, maybe they could go for the just just the standard two mile novice edle, what El Fabiolo won last year and, and get another win on the ball before the season starts
1: Yeah um, that's a good share as well that, that could be another Yeah route. just
0: it wouldn't surprise me if, if if that was considered for
1: him. Yeah, I, I would. Have, I was thinking Fairy House for one of the greatest hurdles yeah, there, the great, or, or Aintree, because I, I don't think I don't think you can skip with him like Marie-Nationale and and Vega have obviously done what they've done, and we know where they're going to clash. We have a fair idea of where Impera Pass is going to go, um, and with a month between Cheltenham and Aintree, run him, will he? run him. Let's let's see what he can do. Uh, we'll move on to the Ballymore. Uh, where the vibes were all about Imperi Pass. But on the day, it was all about Hermes Allen. He was backed as though defeat was out of the question. It was not out of the question. <laughs> he ended up getting absolutely thumped. Uh, but the vibes were super strong about Imperi Pass. Five-year-olds <laughs> have a terrible record in this race. It was one of the, the stats that I'd gone through in, in the build-up to this. Yeah. Um, Willie Mullins had has fired a lot of five-year-old bullets at this race, and they've all come up short. 2013 was the last time a five-year-old won it and they end up having the 1-2. Pass was in another league here, Paul.
0: Yeah, he was, yeah. It was, um, just touching on Hermes Allen on Tuesday night, he was really weak. He went out to 5-1, to I think, with a lot of firms and I think that was probably a reaction to the Irish dominance in the Supreme. Um, obviously the support came from on the morning of the race, as you say, and then the build-up to the into the race. But, um, it was pretty much a one horse race. Had he coming into two out. Uh, I thought Goodland was still travelling well as well. As I say I did think he ran a good race, but um, the split came out I don't think that was it wouldn't have mattered how how he ended up with the race unfolded. I think in Barry Pass would the one. Um and yeah, he just he just travelled and quickened like and as I say in the preview show, I was I was hoping that maybe his tail foot would be the key key asset. And um, I think it was he just travelled all over the once he he the front off the home and the race was all over, really. Um, and I think he could easily be a champion hurdle horse. But again, I think it possibly will depend on maybe what Constitution Hill does. But I, do, I think I'd be leaning towards that deal. give him a chance to go down the champion hurdle route next year. Obviously, when it comes to Town, he'll have options of um, the two-miler or the two-and-a-half. Uh, I would assume... He would run in the two mile four race, the champion obviously, which I think is on the Friday. But we have seen in the past, Willies flipped the novices around. Um,
1: he flipped. And I was interested. He flipped Faheen and vitoria didn't
0: he? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, Um and it was interesting. I was listening to um, an interview with Ruby Walsh recently, and he said that was purely due to the the fact that one of them came to hand. Faheen came to hand quicker after Cheltenham. So they, they stuck him in the race, which was earlier in the week at Punchestown, and it was purely due to that. Not that the obviously they were both entered in both races, and it was that for he came out of Cheltenham a little bit better. So um, they give Fator the, the recovery time of an extra few days. So um, whether that whether that comes into play again, we've got there's plenty of time between Cheltenham and Punchestown. I would imagine Willie was seen quick to state the Fast Alvega didn't need to go up and trip. Um, but in, as you've seen in the past, the More can be won by, is often won by a turn of foot and often won by a horse, and then it will go down the champion headless. As you say, five-year-olds have struggled overall. The last two five-year-olds to win the race were Peddlers Cross and the new one, who then reached a fairly high level um, themselves as edlers, so we're verging on champion themselves. So that's po- possibly what you need. The last time Willie won it with a five-year-old was out Agony. We followed the same routes as Imperial Pass. Haven't won the Moscow Flyer over shore, so. Um, I mean, I just thought. I just thought it was a it was a performance that he was class, to be honest. And I'll be um, keen to see him go down the champion route next year.
1: Well, Imperial Pass is very much cut from the Miguel Daganay cloth, in that Miguel Daganay was unbelievably highly regarded at the yard. He'd won a Moscow Flyer as well, uh, and comes out to win. The Ballymore. This fella is similarly held in a very high regard. It didn't yeah, really like- happen for Miguel Daganay going forward. That was the the problem. He, the wheels kind of came off as a novice chaser. He got
0: injured, didn't he? After, but I think I think yeah. he looks very fast, looks a speedy horse than Miguel Daganay. Yeah, Miguel I, I would like- agree. And,
1: and there was yeah. a, there was an interesting. Co- I want to credit where it came from. I can't quite remember whether it was Racing TV or not. It could have been with Lydia, but um Willie Mullins was being interviewed, and he said, "Oh, I said to Michael Buckley yesterday, we have to go shopping to find." Uh, an opponent for you in the champion hurdle and he goes, maybe we don't have to go shopping maybe we've got him um, and, and that's how good he was, Like this was a really dominant display, I, I wouldn't question if they did keep him over hurdles and uh, and go for a champion hurdle next year, but again you can't be afraid of one horse <laughs> when that horse is constitution <laughs> Hill, you kind of have to be um, if he's yours, and, and if Isaac Swede and Simon Muneer come to you, what do you say novice chasing or keep him over hurdles for next year
0: no, I'd keep assuming he goes to punch down and wins again as, as he did. I'd, I'd, keep, I'd be going down the champion hurdle route, and even if he does, even if Constitution Hill does, um, does remain over it you've got there's plenty of great ones to be won in Ireland before, and isn't it? Nice to say you shouldn't be scared of one horse, really. Yeah. Um, but will have a good line We're only through with statement and see how he develops over the summer and things? But, um, for me, I was a yeah, that that was the most most impressive um, novice performance of the week. I thought.
1: Ooh, spoilers for the end of the show, Paul. But I would agree with you. Oh, I, sorry. I, I thought spoilers, Paul. Jump <laughs> in with that information whenever you feel like it, Paul. Um, no, yeah. I, I loved it as well. And look, I in the end, I didn't have a cent on him. I backed Champ Kylie, um, and I was I was punted on the day, wasn't it? Yeah, I was. If I can remember my roles, I presented Tuesday and Friday from Cheltenham and was the pundit on the Wednesday and Thursday, and my jaw was on the floor. He was that good. It, w- it was a terrific performance. It's a brilliant training performance as well, because it's not just the winner. It's a one, two, three for Willie Mullins. Uh, this is something we're becoming very familiar with with Aidan O'Brien on the flat. We're becoming familiar with, it, with Willie Mullins at the Dublin Racing Festival, at the Leopardstown Christmas meetings. But to do it at Cheltenham is really quite something. And both... Uh, of the rivals in behind. Gaelic Warrior and Champ Kylie have have run their races in betting order. they finished first, second and third. Paul Townend chose right every single time and it certainly wasn't easy for him but he got it right every time. Uh, Gaelic Warrior didn't do himself any favours. It was reported that he pulled out his earplugs on the way down to the start. but I thought he's run a terrific race and he puts a really good spin on how this form is because I'd say he's run close to his race. I would say the same thing for Champ Kylie as well who did Danny Mullins, no favours the whole way around. He fought him every step of the way, and yet he's still done brilliantly to finish third. That Those two horses running the races they did, one being a grade one winner, the other being a very impressive winner of a handicap who'd been unbeaten this season, puts a, a really nice context on just how good a performance this was from Imperial Pass.
0: Yeah. Obviously, London. London. Hey, I don't think Hermes Allen ran this race, but two more grade one winners in behind. Yeah, they did look cool. a strong... It did look a fairly strong um Value more. Um and he, he put them to bed really. The the Irish handicapper has actually dropped Gaelic Warrior a pound to one fifty two and put Imperial pass up to one fifty seven. Um after that performance.
1: Damn. One five seven is a big number. Uh but it's a it's a number that's absolutely deserved. He came in with a mark of one four eight, I think.
0: That was that's a British handicap mark. So it uh, it works differently, doesn't it? The one you see on the racing post, the one forty eight, was what the British handicap rigging. Yeah, the handicap, and um, the IHRB mark of Marine National is one fifty six. So the Irish handicap has a pound between um Pass and Marine National.
1: Okay. Um. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I know which of the two I would want. They're both very exciting horses, in, in fairness, but I, I know which one was the more visually impressive. Um, I remember yeah. watching it live thinking, oh, he's drifting out to the right. But I don't think that was the case. I think, for whatever reason, Paul Townend decided, no, I want to go to the stand side. Because he's yeah, he's essentially facing lane one when they're jumping the hurdle, the final hurdle, but he ends up jumping the third one. Um, so he's, he's deliberately moved him out there, and then he's moved him over to the rail. I, I, I don't think it was tiredness or a physical thing that was dragging him out there. I think Townend deliberately steered him in that direction.
0: Yeah, and no, I think he knew he had that much in hand, to be honest, and it's just, just giving the rail to, to run against to finish the race off. Um, you see it often, Paul tries to grab it on the new course, seeing the, let, me, let me touch on the triumph, Edl. That's often the way he's come up the last, the last two years to win it with um, Vauban and um, lossy Mouth. I'd say it's slightly different on the old course. You don't normally tend to move across, but I think he was that—he was that much in command. And I think it was a—I uh, think he probably just allowed him to drift across and grab the stand side rail. To be honest,
1: what did you make of the run of Hermes Zelen? Um, I I
0: can't, I can't, I'm not sure. I can't believe that was his, his true run. And I think he's better than that. Um, I was concerned before on that not being able to dominate might might be difficult for him. But I thought he'd have still been banged there at for him and then a pair of passes would have quickened away from him. So um yeah the fact that he was he was, he was beaten so far I think I think he, I think he's better than that. I'd be surprised if we've seen him again now. He, he was talking he might go to entry. Um if he went to entry I'd imagine it'd be the Sefton, and but Paul will obviously have a stay away for him again some another we'll touch on surely for that race. So um I wouldn't be surprised if him is um, was given a nice long break now, and then next time we see him he's in a not novice chase at um Chepsoe in Wincant or somewhere to start the next season.
1: So uh, I would very much keep the faith with him. I think it's real easy yeah, to, to just would, throw him yeah. to the wolves and just go, oh well, whatever. Like that he's he's bummed yeah, exactly. out there. The the market yeah. move for him, like the fact that he was so well backed, coming from a massive stable. It, we've we've mentioned this before. You can't ignore that kind of stuff. No,
0: and even his even his form through the week his his Chalavere form was advertised yeah um, with you wear it well obviously winning the mares Um and even even the horse, He beat us um, Stratford on debut he beat by 27 lengths won again on Saturday at Kempton theatre man Um so yeah I think I just I just think he was see for some reason he had an off day Um and just wasn't quite at his best, so and we've seen it before. But I, I wouldn't be saying they wouldn't be writing them off on that, um, and I'm sure it would be a difficult to be since then novice chasers in England next
1: season. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think he's going to be tailor made for the Brown Advisory next year. Um, but we'll we'll come back to that. We'll double back to that towards the end because Paul and I are going to pick out some bets. Paul wasn't aware of this. But he's oh. <laughs> he's come to know this at this point <laughs> with the final furlong that an odd question will be thrown towards him uh, at the end. So yeah, we'll we'll pick out some anti-post bets towards the very end of the show. Um look, American Mike is American Mike. He's run better, but pff, just not going forward. Um in terms of Warrior and Champ Kiley to, to wrap this up, and indeed Goodland, uh we've just talked about novice chasing for Hermes Allen. Those three, we know for a fact that Goodland is going novice chasing. It just seems to make sense for Gaelic Warrior and Champ Kylie as well, and they both seem to have the scope for it.
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah, and they say with Gaelic Warrior only being five, he's run a crack. He actually ran better than I thought he would. To be fair, give him credit. Like he he jumped better than he had done. He was straighter, and he, he um as you say, he had the issue with the earplugs. Um He did. He was he was quite keen, and he he did hang a little bit uh, throughout against the Liverpool. So I thought I thought that was um Probably a career best, really, even in defeat. I'd say that was best, best stronger form than his handicap win um, at the Dublin Racing Festival. Seemed to get the trip well enough. Um, so, yeah, he'd, be, he'd probably be one for two to two and a half mile, big novice chasers next season. Champ Kylie's big, big horse, obviously wouldn't have an issue going chasing. I say Barry Connell's already said Goodland will be going chasing up to three miles. So, yeah, I think that's the route most of them will go.
1: Yeah, and that's the sure. one that makes sense as well. Um, Hermes Allen was all the rage, and his cello hurdle form was working out. But remember, cello hurdle winners don't win Ballymores. It's just that simple. Draw a line under whoever wins the cello hurdle later this year for next season's championship. Cheltenham, just go and can't possibly win Ballymore no matter what price comes up.
0: i no, no, from 21 now. So.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and look, that's not nothing. Uh, there was a number of stats that fell by the wayside, and we'll deal with those towards the end too, but that one and the winner of the Cotto star and the brand advisory, just that's gold. Take that to the bank. Um, but Hermes Allen's form was on show in the Mayor's novice hurdle from You Wear It Well, who was second to him that day. She'd gone on to win since, and she would win again in the Jack de Bromhead Mayor's Novice Hurdle uh, beating Henry de Bromhead trained horse and Magical Zoe who ran an absolute blinder. Great ride from Gavin Sheen who's been having a terrific season, banging in the winners all across the UK. It, arguably his best season in terms of numbers uh, and a terrific training performance from Jamie Snowden as well. And back-to-back British winners of the Mayor's Novice Hurdle, Paul. Yeah, and
0: I, I, I thought she might struggle to be honest. It's not easy to make the run on the new course over hurdles. Um and I thought she might just set things up for for those in behind the closers. But um Gavin got his fractions right. She jumped really well, she winged the hurdles. Um and yeah, it was a fine performance to be honest. i say I, I thought I did think she might she might struggle coming back a trip. Obviously the softer ground helped in that regard. Um, but she went through the race really well. Uh, it was a polished performance, I thought. And in fact, Hermes Allen's the only horse who's beaten her over hurdles this season, so um certainly was a Given him um, advertising
1: his form. Yeah, Tuala has just handed me a a stat that I meant to read out for the last race, and we may as well just read it now. Why not? Um, 39 five year olds had run in the last 10 Ballymores. Five placed, only 1 1. So, quite a performance from Imperial Pass and Gaelic Warrior for that matter.
0: Yeah, I think, like, as, you, as you said, like the last two who've been able to do a Cross crossing. And the new ones. I don't think it's coincidence that those two. Are, I think if you're going to win it as a five-year-old, I think you need to be a.
1: Um, you're champion hurdle class.
0: You need. You need to be pretty high class going forward. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and as you say, both of those horses were indeed champion hurdle class. They both placed in champions at the very least. Um, what about the future for you? Wear it well.
0: I, I would imagine, given the program, I would imagine she'd stay over hurdles now and go. Um, and be aimed at the mayor's hurdle next year. I would have thought. Uh, I would have thought that would be the way. She probably would. she she hurdles fluently, like she would take fences. But just given the program and the fact she's versatile in terms of trip and ground, um, I think there's plenty of graded races for her over hurdle. So I'd be surprised if she didn't stay stay down the mayor's hurdle and next season.
1: Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. Um, of those in behind, Nikki Henderson's developing a terrible record on the new course at Cheltenham. It's bizarre. If you break down the numbers of Nicky's winners during the week, they're all coming towards the the start of it. They're coming on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. And then once you switch to the new course, for some bizarre reason, he's he's struggling. This is now, uh, after these two days, I think the number stands at 185 runners, five winners just something to bear in mind on the new course don't know why he's struggling uh, he's yeah. also he's also struggling in this race that's now 10 yeah. mares he's run in, in the mares nova sartle they've all been beaten and she's a british bred and british bred horses have struggled in this race um that was the until until Jamie Snowden's you well comes along and goes and wins um look Lu- lucia had looked very very good i mean some so much so that i talked about backing her for the supreme i went really cold on her for this race because i just thought she was too short but she was just, she was quite disappointing here overall.
0: Yeah, she, 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 took a, she took a good grip, I thought. And you know, I was a bit cautious in the pre parade ring beforehand. She had to have two handlers. She was that, um, she was, looked pretty stronger. She was bouncing around in the pre parade ring and the paddock. So, um, whether she's taken a little bit out of herself early on. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up hope on her. Yeah, I think she's. I think she still could be a, a high class mare. Um, and perhaps this game, just the lack, maybe not having as much experience as the winner. Um, maybe that's come to fruition in this race. I don't know, I'd, I'd be. I wouldn't be. Again, she wouldn't be one. I'd be writing off completely on the back of this defeat. I'd be interested to see if they still keep to the plan. And um, I know, Nikki mentioned yesterday she still could go and run the top novices' hurdle. She was actually dropped four pound by the handicapper today this morning to one thirty eight. Um
1: any bit of help for the, those British horses. Any bit of help at
0: all. Yeah, whilst the uh, whilst the winner was up to one four two she guess she went up seven pounds for that performance. So um yeah I wouldn't be wouldn't be too quick to, to write Lucia off. I'd be interested to see how she went if she if she did go to intake take on the boys. Um obviously it'd be another step up in class could be grade one but um, with the with the Irish possibly not coming over, though the main protagonist from the Supreme might be the strongest of um, grade ones, so we'll see what the entries look like when you come out, but yeah. I wouldn't be giving up on Lucia, yeah.
1: No, I I agree. I wouldn't either. Uh, and look, Epitont bombs out in this race, and look how things worked out for her in the end. Um, just briefly on the two of the Irish horses to to mention, I, I thought Hackett did Talbert ran a, an absolute blinder for Gordon Elliott bouncing back. Uh, Princess Zoe ran very, very well up until the last, where she's just hasn't really been very fluent uh, and made quite a bad mistake there. Uh, and Magical Zoe would have been an incredibly emotional winner, but the De Bromheads yeah. were obviously just thrilled to get that horse placed um, in, in a race that clearly means so much to them. Uh, she shaped very well, and she's had to race wide too. I, I quite like that performance of Magical Zoe. Yes, it was, she,
0: she was ridden similarly when she won uh, the graded race at Down Royal. She was dropped right out by Adrian and came through. Uh, and it was a similar performance. So she had this, she had a fair bit to do on Thursday and came through. It was, good, yeah, it was a good performance. So she hasn't got as much experience as the winner either. She only she'd only had two over hurdles before. Um she obviously won a bumper for Barry Fitzgerald last about around a year ago, at the end of last March. Um, and then she won a maiden at Wexford in early September. She had seen um, she has to do on her maiden hurdle the same day that um, Jack suffered this tragic accident. So would have been a hugely um, emotional and significant winner, I'm sure, for, for the Bromhead team. But um, she ran a cracker and going forward, she looks like she'll always be suited by a strongly run race to me, given how she likes to be dropped out. Um, she seems versatile in terms of ground. She, she won her bumper on better ground. So, again, I think a big field that would always help her. In that regard. But yeah, she ran well. Another one I'd, I'd possibly have taken from the race was she finished 11th in the end, fading late on with Chitara. Um, but her earlier form, her bumper form was good. Um, she ran behind high definition on her hurdles debut. And then um, she split Ashrow Diamond and Halka the Taber. Obviously, um, the third reversed the form, but Chitara ran well and she's a maiden. She should, she should be able to pick up a maiden hurdle before the end of the season. And without much difficulty, obviously, um, her second behind Asher Diamond and a solidary and Asher Diamond couldn't run, she uh, got over and suffered with a little setback. But I think she'll go to fairy house for the two and a half mile grade one
1: now. Yeah, I think that's a good shout as, as well with Chichara. Um, if they want to, they can bring her back uh next season as a novice, but you'd imagine they'd want to get a move on, and she's a solid moral, uh, for, for a maiden at the very least. Um, you would imagine you wear it well. We'll be lining up in the Mayor's Hurdle next season. You would imagine that Lossiemouth will be doing the exact same thing. A Runaway winner of the Triumph Hurdle. Uh, a 1, 2, 3, 4 for Willie Mullins. A 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 for Ireland. Deary me. And we'll come back to that in a second as well. Um, she had met interference in running at the Dublin Racing Festival. That was clear for everybody to see. Not a bit of interference this time around, and she has very much turned the tables on Gallimar. So for all of that horse ran a blinder, just as Danny Mullins predicted she would. Um and it's Willie Mullins again having the one, two, three, this time all with French ex French fillies. Uh how impressed were you with Lassie Mouth? Uh oh, yes, yeah, she
0: grew well. Um not, not sure how strong the form is this year hit the juveniles, to be honest. And um, it's probably a I heard someone say on the there's probably only one man who knows that, and the answer, and that's Willie Mullins. Yeah, so, yeah. um, obviously, I'm sure they were disappointed with that blood destiny, right? And he was just too keen early on for um, under Patrick Mullins. He refused to settle early. Um, Mouth was keen enough, because she she probably she was wide towards the top of the hill and probably ended up in front soon, and Paul would have liked that either, but I, I thought she was always in control, to be honest, once she got to the front. Um and readily turn the form back around. She'd obviously already beaten Galama, so when given away weight over Christmas, so um, I expected her to beat that that filly, and she did that. Um, yeah, you say maybe that maybe that seven pound allowance is is significant with Zenta also hitting the frame. Um, she'd obviously took another step forward. Um, but Lossie mouth, yeah, Velocity mouth was a convincing enough winner. Whether she whether she want the trip in the Merse, um hurdle next year remains to be seen. She looks all speed to me. So it could be that she's down the champion edel route and we um, you know how difficult it is for the four-slash-five-year-olds, but she will have that uh, the benefits of getting a sex allowance at least. But um, it might just be a tough enough season for Lossie Mouth next season. But she should go and probably confirm the form and win the um, champion four-year-old a bunch of time.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I don't think there is too much of an issue about her staying the trip. I think she will be able to stay the nearest distance. Uh, I don't have an awful lot to go go on. I mean, it's not like the pedigrees are absolutely screaming, "Oh, she'll stay." But I'd like to think that after a, a summer on her back, a bit more maturity and learning to settle better, that she would be able to see out that distance and then follow in the hoofprints of her former stablemate before she would join Gordon Elliott, Apple's Jade, of being able to win the Meres Hurdle as um, as a, a five year old. Um, She's going to be Defend a serious player in that division yeah. next year, especially given how that race worked out. Like, Honeysuckle is, is now retired. Uh, Love Envoy, oof, I probably shouldn't have brought that up, but Love Envo has run an absolute blinder for you. Um, but the defending champion and the horse who was supplemented right. for it, for Nicky Henderson, they both bombed out badly. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I think I was almost like the uh, the villain on the stands for and for Johnny <laughs> off, off the home end uh, I think <laughs> last Tuesday. <I> think. <laughs> It's one guy, looked the way one guy glared at me. Was gonna, he was going to lynch me if he's going to maybe on. So maybe it was a good How
1: result for me. How dare you just had, place a bet yeah, yeah. against, against <laughs> <Yeah>. the superstar. <laughs> How dare you, Ferguson? Yeah,
0: so uh, maybe the result was the right one in the end anyway for my safety.
1: <laughs> it was but definitely uh, yeah, the right party. result, mate. And I didn't really <laughs> care about your safety. But hey, it would have been, it would have been good for the bank balance. Um, yeah. In it terms of going good. forward, like, they're, they're obviously, these are, are mayors and so you can go down the mayor's hurdle route with the three of them but you would imagine yeah. that there is going to be a few of these who will go And was chasing. Blood Destiny would be a, a real candidate for that as well um, It was just bizarre from him really like he had been very strong in the market uh, towards the end and this was something that again it has to have been really difficult for Paul to make the decision between her and Blood Destiny and the reason I was so keen on her was she had the she had the big race experience. She had the big yeah, race day it, yeah. experience. So we Get knew she'd experience. handle the crowd. Yeah, whereas Blood Destiny, yeah. not only did he not have the graded experience, he didn't. He also didn't have the experience of the DRF to hand, uh, and yeah. that that all seemed to blow up in his face towards just before the off.
0: Yeah, possibly. I don't know how much. I wasn't there on Friday. I came home on Thursday, so I wasn't. Um, not sure how much the prelims had had to do with his performance, to be honest. But. Um. It's just a, it just he, he had been fairly enthusiastic in his first two starts, but not to that extent. Um, and I think you, you probably knew your fake fairly early if you back him. Um, it's difficult to, to run so freely in the early part of a grade one and then expect to be involved in a business end. But yeah, it was disappointing. So, again, with him multi the equation, again, that just it would just have me question the strength of the form. But Lossy Mouth could do no more than win as comfortably as she did. Um, Perhaps blood destiny will bounce back and give her more of a race at Um but yeah I say you just look at the pedigree the pedigree is like mile as mile half horses and on the flat if she could stay, she'd obviously be a massive player in the Mayor's division but um, it'll be interesting to see how she's campaigned I would imagine maybe she'd be kept to the four year old races in this first half of the season the fishery lane and the race at Limerick would probably be a wise move before pitching her in Um into open company obviously again willie's gonna have impaired a pass to put in in the mix the champion Hurdle, um standard races and what he decides to do with statement as well so um he'll have a lot to uh to ponder not not a bad position to be in though
1: no certainly not and if a five-year-old is going to win next year's champion hurdle or win another champion hurdle then next year's is probably the most likely because if constitution hill really is gone novice chasing well then that's a huge stumbling block out of the way and depending on what they do with statement it becomes easier uh so perhaps this could be perhaps lossy Mouth could be the next sport N or catch it but it is extremely difficult for five-year-olds to win a champion and
0: i think it was, i think if there's a champion learned, will little willies from this season's bunch of novices or juveniles, it'll be a fairly passive. Yeah, it's in the
1: double green. If if that's the case, that horse is wearing the double green for sure. Unless Diverge takes a mess, massive step forward, which I, I'm willing to back that he will. Um I, I just get the feeling with her that they will try until she tells them no I don't want two mile five, that's the direction they'll go in. It just seems the the most logical thing to do with her. Um anything else from in behind that you'd like to give a mention to?
0: Uh, No, not really.
1: Moving on. Moving on to the potato race where the Irish domination continues. Oh, wait, no. A British-trained winner of a grade one novice hurdle at Cheltenham. What? (laughs) That's the reaction of the Corbett Crossbackers because he looks set to have a a big say at the finish and then pulled a crazy Ivan. Mark Walsh now has to go to a specialist, which is just brutal for him. But stay away, Faye. I think Haddam and was a terrific training performance from Paul Nichols, and a brilliant ride, particularly on the front end, which is a really difficult thing to do. I love this performance from Stay Away Faye. Paul, what did you make of it?
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a really good performance, to be honest. Another horse who's clearly versatile in terms of ground. He'd actually beaten Monty's star. It was a grade three winner, obviously, re-opposed really on Friday in his point-to-point um, December before last. And then he made his rules debut after the um, best part of a year off. Um, when he won impressively at Newbury's Hennessy meeting. Um, again, I think I think Paul probably thinks he... You know, I've heard him say that he probably was a shade unlucky in the Riverdon.
1: Um, oh, he was. He was, he was. he was
0: very lucky. He probably should have won that. And he, he might well reoppose the winner at Entry in the Sefton. Well, Maximilian skipped this race with the Sefton in mind for Donald McCain, so he goes to Entry, and there could be a rematch on the cards there. Um, yeah, he did. He, as you say, to make, to make all in, in Albert Ballers isn't easy, um, and it was a thoroughly convincing performance. He stays well, jumps well. Looks like he'll be a smashing novice chaser next season. Um, and I say he's only had the he's only had the three hurdles, starts, one less than Hermes Allen, and he's only had one uh, two races since the end of November. So I'd say there's every chance he could try and go to to the Sefton and uh, try and supplement his Albert Ballers' success there.
1: He costs a lot of money, 305000 We shouldn't be too surprised by that, though, these days, because that's just uh, the regular occurrence. But he he seems to relax very well for all that he is on the front end, uh, and he just has that perfect blend of speed and stamina to make him an exceptionally classy individual. Uh, this, this was a really brave performance, and a really classy performance from Stay Away Faye. And it's too early to tell what was going to happen, as they approached the last, and definitely what would have happened once they faced the hill. But I think he had Corbett's Cross's measure. I don't know how he would have responded up the hill, but I think he did have him.
0: I didn't. I didn't have a, I, I never. I didn't have a bet in the race. There was no financial gain from me one way or the other. But um, I thought he. I thought he had him beaten. To be honest, yeah, I thought he. I thought Corbett's Cross looked like he was just starting to wilt a little when he when he ran out. So, um, but he'd obviously had that. That race um, quite close I think it was 19 days, wasn't it, since his last run? when he won mm. over two miles, and he raced quite keenly as well. So, whether he'd have seen it out fully or just have a slight question mark, he was still running a huge race considering how quickly he was backing up from um, that two-mile grade two that he'd won. So, again, um, corpus crossed didn't uh, certainly didn't lose anything in defeat. Um, I was, oh, please, I was okay. presenting
1: the, the talk sport coverage, so I wasn't listening to what was being said on telly, but I believe somebody sent me a message saying, Emmett Mullins just told Lydia Hislop this fella's tricky, but he hadn't shown anything like that on the race course before when trained by Eugene or, or when winning over two miles or one mile, seven and a half furlongs, whatever stupid distance it was, but essentially two miles the last day. Um, yeah. There was never an indication he was going to do something like this. For all that that quote, I presume it was still. The, I don't know, Uh is very intriguing that he would say before the race. Oh yeah, he's a quirky individual. We didn't hear anything afterwards, but it was it was a bizarre thing for him to do.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, but um, these things happen. Sadly, um, I, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it in terms of long term going forward. He's another smashing, chasing prospect, as are the front, front few, to be honest. Aferdale Fiori took a huge step forward. Uh, on what we'd seen, he'd obviously finished behind champ Kylie, well beaten last time. Um, he'd already won over two miles six, so he looks so a proper out-and-out out I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up developing to a national and chase type for uh, No Mead. Um, it was nice to see Sandor Clegan back um, bounce yeah. back. I was slightly disappointed with his runner, although he was beaten just over four lengths by Goodland. I was slightly disappointed with him um, at Leperstown. You would imagine that he'd go for the uh, Irish Daily Mirror, um, Grade 1 at Punchestown, because he's got a good record to track, won his bumper at the track and his maiden hurdle. Um, obviously ran behind Fassal Vega in the Grade 1 bumper last year, so his form at sounds good, so he might go there before going chasing. Um, let's be clear about it, he ran really well, he's travelled well, and um, again, he, his form is fairly solid. Um, in defeat behind the likes of a couple of reversed form with Favouli de Champdu and Hidden Valley Lake earlier in the season in the company. I um, he thought he ran another solid race. I think it was pretty strong form, to be honest. I think the to tell the part the of this year. I think there'll be some good stay-in novice chasers coming out of it next season.
1: Yeah, you would like to think so. You would certainly like to think so. And... Uh, well, British racing fans will be desperately hoping that there are some British horses that are going to emerge from that as well because they're badly, badly needed. Um, let's switch to the novice chasers, shall we? Uh, and the sporting life Arkle novices chase, which goes the way of El Fabiolo uh, for good old Paul Ferguson and Kennedy. Uh, we managed to get this one spot on. Um, look, I, I love this horse. He He is not fluent fences, he's made some novice mistakes and yet despite the fact that he's making those mistakes, nothing was able to live with him uh, he's just much better than, than the rivals he is facing um, he's done what both of us expected him to do uh, and, and go and win in terms of next season with his stable companion Nergamine being so dominant in a champion chase that has again fallen apart but some bookmakers are going a shorter price about El Fabiolo than Anuragameen. Does that make sense to you? And how impressed were you with this performance? And what is he a proper champion chaser in the making for next season?
0: I think he'll need to sharpen his jumping up um, at, that, at that level. But he's only had three chase starts, hasn't he? There's no reason why he can't do that. Um, if he's just won the article, I think he'd anyone who owns an Arkle are probably thinking about the champion chase the next year so it's, it's um, certainly I would imagine that's the way they'll go they'll start over the minimum trip he looks like he'd stay further but um, at this stage you wouldn't think there was any need to and maybe until he, he was beaten um, I'd imagine he'll just go to Punchestown now he could go to ancient but I'd imagine he would go to Punchestown for the um, two mile grade one um, and yet he, he was thoroughly convincing winner I think he's just continued to step forward with each run. Um I think it was satisfactory that the race was run pretty much how we all expected as well. Dysot Dynamo um set off. Raced a bit freely, but he didn't race um as strongly as I thought. You know, might, might certainly in the early pass race it looked like he quickened again leaving the, um going down the first, down the back straight. Uh it was sad that he came down. Oh. Didn't deserve that doing the way he ran, but thankfully he got up. Um as I said in the preview, I'd love to see him at entry, whether he how much that fall has taken out to him, but that, that that's feasible remains to be seen. Um, and again, as I predicted, people were saying that he might get a, get a freebie on the front end. I I thought that the Paul and Aiden would be well aware of that and would sit on a tail and was pretty much what happened. Um, Aiden made the first move, and Paul was quite patient on El Fabiola. I think he looked confident throughout. Uh, and yeah, as you say, despite not being. Uh, I, there wasn't no stage where I thought he was. He made the mistake that looked like he was going to come down. He's, he's just not as fluent as a sprinter, Sacco, and altio to be fair, in, in, in their the novice days. But um, I think he's a solid jumper without being exuberant. And he um, he ran out a thoroughly convincing winner. And John Bond was was six and a half lengths clear over a San, San Juan who, who was ridden as a lot of us thought he would be to try and pick up the pieces. And he did pick up that third spot. Um, John Bond shaped there like he might might want to go up and trip and I think Nicky intimated that yesterday so it could be that he runs in a manifesto at Entry the opening race of the meeting over two and a half uh, it may be pretty hard to beat there because horses with two mile pace going up to that two and a half mile trip around Entry really are quite deadly so I think he'd be hard to beat in that and El Fabiola would be hard to beat punch Sam. Um as I say next year I would imagine that the old try and campaign El Fabiola with the champion chase in mind why wouldn't you when you've just won the Arkle. Um, you see more what blue, blue Lord improved, and it was certainly in the first half of this season. Um, so we saw it sort of can, can be done. I don't know not imagine those Leopard Sound races will be honest with you.
1: With Willie Mullins having the reigning champion chaser and the Arkle winner coming through, yeah, could one of these end up in the Tingle Creek? And if so, is it more likely to be El Fabiolo? Um.
0: I hadn't really thought about it I, mean, I was not sure that that would be one thing you'd have a question maybe Sandown that those quick fences going together um, I suppose with his ownership being uh, British based maybe, maybe there'd be more of a chance of that I think, I think an Ergamine winging around um, Sandown would be a good site
1: Yeah funny I'd prefer an Ergamine in it actually I think he yeah. would be and look he's British owned Tony Bloom is, is the main man behind yeah, him yeah, so the Cork project has worked very well the last two seasons, and maybe Willie just doesn't want to alter that. He didn't want to alter it with Album Photo in the Gold Cup. Maybe he doesn't want to alter it with him either, even if that includes getting beaten in the Clarence South chase before you go and win a champion. But next year's two-mile chasing division is going to be dominated by an Ergamine and El Fabiolo. Edward Stone doesn't stop being a good horse, and he'd be fascinating in a Tinkle Creek, but you would like to see one of these two end up there and if that's not going to be the case then it's probably going to be the same prep for an Ergamine and maybe the Fortura chase the one Moscow Flyer used to win the yeah. the two mile old Dilabet chase at, at the Christmas meeting and then the Dublin chase for, for El Fabiolo it's probably more yeah, likely the route that will take
0: even though he won at Leopardstown over oh, that two mile one looked ideal for him so I'd imagine that there was the Christmas race and then the um, the Dublin chase would probably um be, be on his radar, I would think. Yeah. So it'd be a case of maybe getting a run into him beforehand and if that's that's the case, it might not be the um might not be that single creek fits in. So I would think that I would think that is is the middle of his season will gear around those leopard sound races personally.
1: On John Bond, he's jumped yep. out to his left a little bit, which is weird because he jumped out to the right at Warwick which is not something he had done and suddenly he starts going out to the other direction um, in in this race which is just it's a little bit odd it hasn't cost him victory he just wasn't as good but he is very very talented and he's contributed it takes two to tango and he's contributed to an epic renewal of the Oracle. uh he wants further don't think there's any doubt about that I went through his pedigree be, last night will probably be. yeah I went I'll through his pedigree like last night good. and I just was like oh no where is the stamina going to come from um, but Nicky Henderson said something similar, uh, and Nicky is not a slave to the page. There's so many trainers who will just look at the horse's pedigree and go, "Oh well, none of the siblings ever did this, and therefore this fella can't either." But he, even looking at at the dams form, like it's all in and around two miles, two mile four. I th- I thought last year he
0: might have gone two and a half and eight To be honest, stuff that he was beaten in the super. League, well, they mentioned it
1: question. for they mentioned it for novice hurdling last year. They.
0: Nicky. That's what I, mean for them. I thought he might have gone to Mersey last year, but um, I think he'd be, probably be, wherever he goes at Aintree, he'd be hard to beat, if, if El, unless El Fabiolo comes over for the Muggle.
1: If there's no El Fabiolo, be a he's a solid moral.
0: Okay, but even in the 2 mile, be, he'd be very hard to beat. He's a, a goal, solid
1: moral. If there's no El entry, Fabiolo, he's a solid moral at entry.
0: I think trying him over two and a half would be would be a good option at Aintree. Say so it's a track to do it on to begin with, and then it will give them, um, it, will give them wins, it will give them more options. If he goes and wins, he'll give him more options next season. He possibly know where to go. He could he could be better over two and a half. I think so. Um, it could be that he ends up down the, the Ryanair, Mellon Chase route by the end of next season. Maybe
1: hmm. um, Ryanair is almost the given for him. I mean, he's not going to be in a champion chase. He's simply not good enough to win one. He's not fast enough to win one. So that's off the table. So what are you doing with him? It's going to be either the Ryanair or the Gold Cup. And uh, Nicky was making reference to his pedigree and saying it's not there, but the way he shapes in his races. I don't know where Tony McCoy said this. I just know it was sent to me. Uh, but it was at some preview night. McCoy said, oh, I better get this. Yeah. I can see him running in next season's King George. Not in the King George in a few years' time, in next season's King George. That's not the profile of an Arkle winner. Just full stop, that is not the profile of an Arkle winner. Kicking King and War of Attrition ran in Arkels. They were both beaten and would go on to win Gold Cups afterwards. The Arkle used to be a key Gold Cup trial for horses of the future. And my impression of John Bon is for all that, and you know, you know how much I love Gallop on the shop. Uh, but I would... I would train him for a Gold Cup next season if he can get that distance. the The Ryanair would be fascinating for him. It won't be easy. You'll be up against one of an Alaho or or an Voilin. Um, we'll talk about another horse who could very well line up there too. But it's the most likely race for him. But try a Gold Cup campaign. Like if you're going to go King George, they might do that with him. I'm sure Shishkin will be the main player for that. Um. Does he shape to you like a horse who could stay and could be in the mold of a kicking king to be able to go along and and really come into his own, like Sizing John did? Uh, getting beaten in an oracle, getting beaten in a supreme, but then coming to life over the staying distances. I, I can see that with him, but the question is, can you?
0: Mm, possible. It's uh, possible. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have necessarily thought um, gold cup at this stage, maybe, maybe if you went and won over two and a half at, A&T ancient, then you, you might start thinking about King George. Um, but I'd say even if you went to ancient and won over two and a half, he'd probably start next season, maybe in that. Um, Chase at Ascot over two and a half miles, um, Chanel Farmer 16,
1: 1965, whatever it's called. Yeah,
0: um, and then you would have possibly have a stepping stone to Kempton if that was the route he wants to take. Um it's possible. I think I definitely think he'll. I definitely think he'll improve for an extra half mile. Um, so we've, we'll learn up. We should learn a lot more if he does go that route uh, at Aintree Because I'd like to see how he finished over that distance. I think you might have a, more of an idea for next season.
1: Yeah, I'd be very. Key. I, I don't think he's priced up for the Gold Cup. Bet Dak. Bet Dak. What price is John Bunn for the Gold Cup? We'll um. We'll get a market. We'll get him added to a market somewhere along the line. But I I don't see him priced up for the Gold Cup. I do see him very prominent for the Ryanair. Uh, he's a general best price, eight to one, uh, general six to one shot for that race. Um, I overstaying distances. I could see him thriving and I, I, right now, if he's not priced up for the gold cup, that's the one I want to back him for. Cause I want to back him for the race. He's the bigger price. Um, and GDC is going to take an awful lot of beating for many more years to come, but he's got to get there. And if this fellow's is able to get there, then I, I think he'd be very, very interesting. Um, We'll switch to the Brown Advisory, shall we? Uh, which sees a British win for the real whacker. Irish man, but British trained. I, know. Uh, I, heard
0: that, I heard a couple of people saying it was a win for the North. I think he's only been, he's only been in England about three months, only six months.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I believe I so. I we were, <laughs> six months was, uh, in the North of England. Hey, the, strong, the much North much are going to take it. you telling me the North aren't taking that? You'd be absolutely um, certain they're taking it, for sure. I think we were, and, there, Alexis, and to be fair, it's not like the old days for Ireland where we have to go, well, you know, J.P. owns that horse and John Joe trains him. So technically yeah. speaking, that's an Irish win. We have enough winners. We, we don't need to be claiming other ones. Um, I got this horse badly wrong. If you were betting purely on trends, he was the only horse you could back. He was the only one who actually stood out as being perfectly fitting every single box. Uh, and I still couldn't find him Um and I still almost expect Jerry Kalam to get up on the replay, but it was a terrific training performance of Patrick Neville and a brilliant ride from Sam Tristan Davis, uh, who was out in front for a long, long way. Um, he's essentially made all here to go and win. A really gallant, brave performance from the real Wacker Paul.
0: It was, yeah. And again, I think Jumping won the day. Um, he jumped impeccably his first two starts around Cheltenham. So obviously, course experience. Um, and he just, he just got into a lovely rhythm on the sand, as you say, and um, just about held on in a closing stage. I was watching that in the media centre, actually. I'd gone inside um, just for that race. And uh, that screen we were watching was clearly 10 seconds. behind the screen, that was, was 100 feet the other way because as he jumped the last, and it was like looked all over. And then you looked half the room, at the head in the hands. You were like, what, what the hell? What are they doing? So... And then Jerry Cologne comes flying up. Um gee, ooh, just failed for favourite backers.
1: Sickening. Sickening. Mm. Um that being said, I don't think he had too many excuses. Like the, the opportunity was there for him to go and win. He just couldn't do yeah, it. Maybe
0: maybe in in maybe in hindsight, he might have been a shade closer coming down the hill. Or I don't know whether maybe he didn't I don't know. I've watched it back a couple of times, didn't know whether maybe he didn't come down the hill as well as the winner, but it didn't. really doesn't really look like that on screen, but maybe, maybe, if you spoke to Jordan Game, he'd be able to explain a little more. I, that was just one thing I thought so because he he just found his stride on the rise to the line, and he's more. Even though he'd been winning over shorter for me, he's still more of a stammer horse than a speed quickening style staying chaser. So um, he didn't do much wrong. I'm um, almost getting there with every every day dying stride. So. He's run well again, probably even softer ground, might might have helped him even more. But um I say he's he's lost little in defeat really. And, um he could go to punch just now, but I'd say if the ground was decent, he probably wouldn't want to see him again this season. You'd want to put him away with next year in mind. The real wacky you'd think he's only had the three runs, you would have thought entry and a mild mate. Novice's chase would suit him ideally with his front running style, but um his trainer didn't mention that. He said if it goes anywhere, it's likely to be town. and mm. then he will, he could come back at all, He said, "In the, in the uh, which is interesting, an interesting route to take."
1: Yeah, didn't he mention that that's one of his favourite race courses and he was thinking about yeah, running yeah. there in the autumn?
0: Yeah, I think it'd be the race that Manila Indo won a couple of years ago, wouldn't it? Is mm. that the is that the spring Harvest Festival? Is it the situation? i will assume that was what he was referring to. Um, yeah, I had, so yeah, I didn't visit it he would probably try and go and make all it and follow up at entry, which he might do. He might in, in, in as, it, as he reflects on the race, he might realise that, that that's probably the wise, wise race to go for us and a good chance of winning another um, grade one because you'd he, imagine that the Irish Challenge wouldn't be as strong entry. So you would think he'd be very much the one to beat if if going there.
1: Yeah, you, you would. I was surprised entry didn't get a mention either, but there is time. Um, yeah,
0: exactly. there's time to reflect on things and they sometimes they say things in heat
1: of the moment and stuff, but, uh, yeah, you the adrenaline is pumping, you're you've just won a big Cheltenham festival race, pos- you've won a grade one. Possible at
0: the owner possible at the owner wanna see him in Ireland, maybe. Maybe that was, that's something something to think about. Maybe he's spoken about it before and if he went and won we'd go over to Punch Sound because um possible anyway.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um he's Syndicate owned, isn't he?
0: Uh, the guy who always seems to speak isn't on on uh, um, hiding behind his ray bands. On, on uh, I, uh, I think
1: it's a, it's he, like a, a foursome, for of a, a better better I phrase. Still, <laughs> but, yeah,
0: it is, yeah. The year, right. Um but the guy the guy who speaks I think he's close friends with the trainer, isn't he? he? Because I think I've seen an interview earlier in the year where he said he'd moved the horses over to England and only rang them once he was over in, in Yorkshire. I said, i uh, have moved to Yorkshire and he said, Where's my horse? And he said, He's over here with me. So um <laughs> 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 uh, you say whether 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 that's part partly to do with the reasoning, but I think I would imagine that he'll probably um, sit down and have a rethink. Entry would look tailor made from front runners on the mile, make course, uh, do particularly well. So um, not sure how again in in behind, in behind the front two Not Braun ran rub well, obviously took a big step forward not wouldn't be
1: I think a drop and trip uh, oh, for him would would suit.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be overly excited by the strength of the form. I think a drop and trip and suits again. Hardy struggled early on. Oh, did a hundred. He's, he? Did amazingly well to get into the position he did. I thought coming down the hill, um, was Paul Town and give him a crack, and ride. he obviously faded later on. But that that had to happen, given how he how he um, raced in the first part of the contest. So, well, again, he's I nearly say-
1: he's nearly come down, Paul. Like, he's, he's jumped appallingly badly. He's jumped like a crab with his legs tied together in the early stages of the race. And then suddenly, he moves into contention. And it's Paul Townend's brilliance that he didn't yeah, come down I'm not, I'm not and sure that, that he was, was able to, to come into the race. But I don't, like we talked about this beforehand, I don't think he wants three miles. I think this was very much round, round peg, square hole. A round yeah. hole, square, square peg, round hole. What yeah, it was awesome. very much a square peg, round hole. That they were just fitting him into the race that suited the Mullins Battalion. It ended up being this one. It wasn't the right race for him. But I'm not sure he would have won any Grade One novice chase at the Cheltenham Festival, no, given no, no, how badly no, no. he jumped. <laughs> how, however, Paul, I, I got a feeling from him about similar to like a butterfly. Like a butterfly traveled beautifully in the old RSA. And then once the stamina, when once she went into the red zone, she just emptied. And I remember thinking, Aintree, two and a half miles, she'll win, and that's what happened. Uh, the thing with him is, I don't know, if, I don't know if I want to back him again this season. Like if he, if he goes to Aintree, for example, if he's on the the Willie Mullins team for Aintree, he's going to be a short price because of who he is, and he's had a relatively hard race there. But I would be very, very interested in him next year for a race like the Ryanair.
0: Yeah, once he's got a bit more experience, I yeah, exactly. I think it was his latent class that got him into, as well as Paul's brilliance that got him into contention. Um, would not mind seeing him over two and a half against? He might make John Bonner price anyway at an entry if he came over. Yeah, <laughs> and if he, when he went up and tripped. like a butterfly, did actually win the three mile at entry. That was before in the days of the manifesto. But she went to she went to fairy, I was in between and won the. What is now the Fairy House Gold Cup, whatever it was, then the Powers Gold Cup, and then went to Entry and won over three, um, which was a fine effort from like a butterfly to do both those three festivals so quickly. You're right. I uh, do, I,
1: I remember being very uh, confident about it for Ferry House, but also yeah. the three miles at Entry is just easier to get than the three miles at Cheltenham.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, he'd, he'd be one you'd be interested in, but I say that those in behind, I wasn't. um wasn't massively taken with. I wonder if Time Hill he might consider coming back over hurdles maybe because um, he's obviously won the, he's got good form in two over hurdles. Um, he won the Liverpool hurdle a couple of years ago. Uh, ran, well in, uh, ran well in the race. So he won it and then he ran, yeah, he ran again last year. But the only thing with Time Hill is he tends to be um, he tends to be best fresh I think as well. So uh, better ground might, might see him in a better light but at the minute he's just not really
1: convincing over offences. No, it doesn't work for him. Um, I I think what's happened with him in the Cardiff Star Novices Chase is that he's won a race that fell apart. All of his main contenders bombed out, and and he managed to keep it together and go and win. But back in deeper company, no, he's not good enough. And surely it's a switch back to the smaller obstacles in terms of next season. Um, I am Maximus would be very interesting for a Grand National. Maybe an Irish Grand kind of National. Um, Braun over a shorter trip for sure. But it's a horse rated 153 beating a horse rated 154. I'm pretty certain that the Elliott team were at least thinking 160, 162 plus, probably thinking 165 plus. And they're probably gutted that they've been beaten by a horse rated 153. But the real whacker absolutely loves Cheltenham. And that's not something that you can take for granted. And so next season, uh, I think he will be a Gold Cup player. I don't think he's good enough to win one, but he will certainly be in the conversation and the route that he goes will be fascinating. As for Jerry Kalam, we're probably not going to see him again this season. It sounded like at least on race day, like Gordon Elliott did not want to run him again, but perhaps we'll see him at Punchestown. Um, Doesn't seem like that race would suit him though, if the forecast is what it should be for Punchestown. How do you envisage both of these horses doing next year?
0: Yeah, I think they've got to take a big step up, to be honest, if they're going to um, mix it in Gold Cup type races. I think the middle of the winter will suit Jerry Colon better. Um, well, again, he like, seems to get better ground for some reason nowadays at Leopardstown. Um, so, where, where he would fit in, I'm not sure. I think both would need to take a big step forward, I think, to, to be potentially challenging
1: for a goal cup. yeah I completely agree with you um, list all on the agenda for the real whacker yeah the last know the, the last time yeah, he I ran didn't. there was the 2021 harvest festival when he was 150 to 1 for a maiden hurdle he ain't gonna be 150 to 1 this season Paul, when he rocks up and no, I don't
0: imagine maybe the um, Charlie Hall would be or, or even Aintree's many clouds would be an option for him then as his second start out of his company yeah, and build him up rather than pitching him into Haydock or something in the best fair Chase. So, um, if he got really deep ground at Haydock, maybe maybe Jerry Cologne would be considered for that. If it was like Haydock bottomless, people <laughs> would be one race that might suit him. But again, in recent years, the grounds be, tended to have be been a bit better in the at that part of the season. So um, time will tell that.
1: Turner's novice chase uh, was soft ground on the new course. It was all about Mighty Potter, except it wasn't because the win goes to the champion trainer, uh, Paul Nicholls, which Stage Star, given a terrific ride by Harry Cobden, not long till Mays were an absolute blinder for Laura Morgan and Mighty Potter could only get third. Ruby Walsh was full of criticism for Davy Russell uh, after the race. He wasn't exactly in love with, with Paul Townend either. Um, very keen to get your thoughts on that. I, We have to talk about the champion trainer, though. And I I loved my colleague Lizzie Kelly's line on this in the immediate aftermath and the commentary on on TalkSport 2. The champion trainer, finally, the champion trainer roars into life at Cheltenham and his celebration in the winner's enclosure afterwards. He did say last year there's more to life than Cheltenham. Didn't look that way with his celebration afterwards. (laughs) And it was deserved. It's it's a tremendous training performance. It's uh, a terrific... Pieces of keeping the faith from Paul Nichols. He really believed in this horse, but to go from a novice handicap to winning a grade one was something else, Paul.
0: Yeah, it was. It was but to be fair, like a Warwick first time out, he looked, I thought he looked deadly over his fences. He really jumped brilliantly to beat West Cork. Then he disappointed at really short odds at Newbury. Um And he's done well to build him back up since then. I think the ground being really quick at Newbury was, was blamed for that defeat when he was beaten by Sebastopol. Um, won a small race at Plumpton then he did he did win in good fashion I thought on trials Day. he looked at um, a class above the opposition and looked like he warranted going back into grade one company obviously he was a grade one win and Novoselig the season before having won um, the shallow and he just jumped them silly Really, I thought on on Thursday his his jumping was impeccable again from the front as it was on trials day Um, maybe the way the race was run suited yeah man and not long till May, maybe, because he was fairly prominent throughout. Um and maybe they they were able to control the race from the front. Whereas I think Mighty Potter might have might have sat a little bit handier earlier on if, if that was the case. But he looked he, he Mighty Potter travelled and jumped through the race like like the class act, but then once he was angled out, he didn't he didn't look to help Dave. he up the up the running and, and I know it's been noticeable before that he has gone slightly to his right, but the way he hung in the closing stages was um, was a little bit alarming.
1: Certainly. What did you make overall of of Mighty Potter's performance and Ruby Walsh's criticism of Davey? I
0: didn't hear what, what, what did Ruby say.
1: I think his, his overall feeling was that they've allowed Harry to dictate it, and for all that it was a brilliant ride from Harry Cobden, uh, sometimes yeah. when you execute a terrific front-running ride, you got to look at the ones in behind. And his attitude yeah, possible, seems to be, why did Davey and the others give him so much rope on a very good Cheltenham winner last time out? He wasn't going to come back to them.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe I say that, that. That's what I was just alluding to slightly. Maybe they sat a bit closer earlier on. We did think he was too far off them coming down the hill, to be honest. But maybe by that point, how he was getting a breather into him and could go again up the hill. Um, I was slightly disappointed overall with Mighty Potter, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see if he if he, he runs again this season. Obviously, he's got the option to go back to Fairy House and Punches Town, which would be on right-handed tracks. Um, he's ridden more positively at Leopardstown as well last time, so maybe he should have been up in the van a little bit more, but uh, on the day, I thought, I thought the way he jumped and travelled, the best horse won, really. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um... And, I, and I, I say I was on a mighty positive from pre-season, so
1: but um, well, I thought you put him up 14s, the, yeah. Yeah, but I think to
0: say on, on the day, the way I looked at it was the best those won on the day. And um, not long till May, some, some training performance from Laura. Since um, he was switched from Chris Gordon's yard, he's gone up dramatically. He went up another 10 pounds in handicap today to 152. So I'd imagine he, he would be one. Um, for Aintree stage star, I'd definitely be suited by Aintree whether he w- he'd won another run. He's had a fairly busy campaign and he would have the option of the two and a half mile and going up to three because I know um, Paul Nichols was deliberating before Cheltenham whether he wanted to step an up and trip. Um, I would imagine that not long until May will now go for the grade one at Aintree over two and a half. The manifesto is owned by um, someone local, Alan Rogers, the former football player. And so I would imagine he-, he will take his chance in the, the manifesto with the thought if he was right. Um, where he could well come up against um, John Bond.
1: Is it possible, Mighty Potter, just does not like the Cheltenham experience?
0: It is because now it's, it's two disappointing runs of being at Cheltenham, so there's a common denominator there. So you'd, you'd have to be slightly concerned about it next year. Um, be interesting to see if something came to light. I know he said afterwards he left it; he lost his shoe, I think. whether um, how much impact that would have, I don't know. But he didn't look the same horse as he did at Leopardstown um, at the Dublin Racing Festival, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can bounce back. As obviously last year he bounced back with a with a fine performance at Punchestown on the back of his gentleman disappointment, but it'd, some, it'd be something you'd be cautious of next year. Term.
1: Yeah, you have to you have to keep that in mind going forward with him. I'm not saying he completely despises the place, but it doesn't look good um, that his two disappointing performances come at the Cheltenham Festival. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if he bounces back at Punchestown, but we'll see what they decide to do with him. Uh, champion bumper, or should I say Weatherby's champion bumper, uh, goes to a dream to share. this uh, On a Cheltenham that produced incredible stories, John Kiley, in his 80s, training his first Cheltenham Festival winner, is right up there, and he's an absolute gentleman. The interview that he gave to Lydia Hislop afterwards was incredibly powerful. Some people connected to the art had heard me saying, I don't know about John Kiley. He hasn't had a winner at Cheltenham um, in his own right. Last time he trained a winner in mainland Britain was 2009. I don't know about this, Paul. And they weren't ringing me to have a go. They were ringing me to say, you're just wrong and this horse is going to win. And as the ground continued to deteriorate and as the gamble continued to unfold on fact to file... I didn't press cash out. I was like, yes, I've got this right, baby. Uh, only for young Gleason to come tearing along and absolutely bolt up on, on a dream to share. Uh, I, I loved it. It was a tremendous performance. Um, it's, it's good to be wrong sometimes. And I was spectacularly wrong about a dream to share uh, for all of the gamble unfolded on fact to file. But he's a very, very talented young horse, this fella. And... Fasal Vega has come up short in his quest to win the Supreme Novices Hurdle, but Sir Gerard has done it. Uh, Champagne Fever obviously did it, and this is going to be right up there for the Novices Hurdles next season.
0: Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he is. Um, I was slightly put off by the softening of the ground, to be honest. I know his Saya um, has done well with soft ground horses, but his overall pedigree suggested that he wanted better ground, and he looked all speed to me. Um, so it did prevent me backing. Him, so I So slightly frustrated, but... Um, uh, yeah, it was a good performance. The way he travelled on the outer and um, came up and pick, picked him up and confirmed the form um, from Leopardstown. I think when he does go hurdling and, in and the autumn, I, I do think we'll, he'll be kept to the minimum trip. I think hopefully he would develop into a leading two mile novice. Factor file, yeah, in um, contrast, would look to want um, a bit of a trip. And I thought it was interesting that William Mullins mentioned in his. I think it was on a sport and life column the other day that he could even go straight over fences with him, being six year old already. Um, so possibly that he might go down the floor of the bell, um, that
1: roof. miss that route.
0: miss that route, yeah, and go straight over fences. Being it'd be an interesting goal, but obviously given that he ran ten horses a year and he's got plenty more back at home, maybe he's he's well catered for in the North hurdle division. So it's something that might happen. Um, He's nice. I, I liked him in the Paddock Factor file. He looked like a proper, proper sort. I thought it was the two standouts for me on in, in the Paddock. him and Chapeau de Soleil.
1: Um,
0: he never really got into the race. He was held up and still a bit keen. He might just be a bit immature. I wouldn't mind mm. um, him not running again this season. And think he could be one who take a bit of a step forward for another summer at grass. To be honest, Chapeau de Soleil. I think there could be more to come from him. He looked well in the that, But Factor foul was probably the one on looks you'd want to take away from the race. Um, Captain Teague ran really well in third.
1: Um, He's if he finder. goes
0: to inch, he would. If he goes to feet, sets set a high bar. Um, a couple more who I thought so ran well, quite well. Lecky Watson, who wasn't those who really impressed me in defeating Ireland. He travelled well despite racing really keenly and the same. Probably even more so was uh, Western Diego. I thought in seventh, um, he tanked through the early part of the race. Um, under Rachel Blackmore, travelled really well to um, the foot of the hill, um, and then was there was a bit of a coming together when when the speed picked up with a fair longer so to run. He, he was the one of the sufferers, so um, to get beaten under eleven lengths, I think was a fair performance from Western Diego. So. He would be another to take forward. I think the ground they're going against, um, both Encanto Bruno and Queens Gamble, certainly Queens Gamble definitely wants better ground on pedigree. So if she goes to Aintree on good ground, um, I wouldn't dismiss her in the in the Nickelcoy, in the Mayor's race. Because um, I think she's definitely all about speed, and she could leave that she could leave that form behind there. I think. Yeah,
1: I'd I would agree. I thought Encanto Bruno shaped very well for a long way on ground he couldn't possibly have liked. Um, and there's an awful lot of strength and depth there for Willie Mullins coming to next season with a view to the Novice Hurdle races. And that's that has to be a subject here. Um, the first eight home are Irish trained in the Supreme. The first 10 are, are Irish trained in the Triumph. Ballymore was dominated by Irish horses. We get a British winner of the potential race and a British winner of the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. But with a view to next season, there's a lot of ammo for Irish trainers mainly Willie Mullins, Gordon Elliott, and Henry de Bromhead. They've got a lot of forces that they can go to war with next season. I hate saying it, but the first and second from last year's Albert Bartlett are both on the sidelines. Manila Cocooner we saw once uh, and hasn't oh, yeah. run since. Um, the nice guy is on the sidelines uh, for, for the season as well. So the lack of, of quality that the British are able to look at for all that Stay Away Faye was a terrific winner... Captain Teague has run a great race in the Champion Bumper. You wear it well. was the best horse in, in the Mayor's Novice Hurdle, for sure. But injuries are a thing. Um, there's not a whole lot of depth to the British National Hunt Division next season for the Novice Hurdles. Obviously, horses can be acquired from the point-to-point scene and, and from France. Uh, but right now, just using Cheltenham as a template, there's going to be a lot of Irish talent coming over next year. Not a whole lot of British.
0: Yeah, um, it's obviously slightly concerned, but yeah, obviously, bumper horses can come through other divisions, you don't necessarily have to run on the champion bumper. But I think one, one even more concerning bit would be I think the William Mullins bumper horse, who perhaps, perhaps um, impressed me more than most, didn't even run at Ballyburn so, <laughs> yet. So he'd be he'd be fairly high up the pile as well. So um, let's see what Ainchi brings, hopefully. Should be a few more, um, but for the novice is, chases uh,
1: next year, Paul, like you're you're looking at the triumph, yeah. you're looking at the supreme, the Ballymore, the Albert Bartlett. Like, where are these British horses? Where are these horses that are going to threaten Willie Mullins next season? Where's the the emergence of of a Gold Cup contender for Galopon Deschamps next year? Like, neither one of us were were ecstatic about putting up the real whacker or Jerry Kalam for that race. Where's the challenge going to come to him? Where's the the staying hurdle challenge going to come from? Is it just going to be Tiapu? steps forward next year and, and goes and wins like where where are the horses that are going to emerge trained in Britain that will be major players at Cheltenham next year I don't see any with the obvious exception of Hermes Allen, who can bounce back stay away Faye. Yeah, but you're you're on like a handful of horses compared to a battalion of Irish ones yeah that's it and
0: that's what we've faced with the, over the last couple of years and things hopefully we might see some emerge in the in the remaining weeks of the season, but certainly on, on the evidence of what we've seen in Cheltenham, it's not going to be turning around anytime soon, unfortunately.
1: No, it's not. Um, do you think William Mullins is serious about this fact file? About Because he's mentioned this before with other horses and then hasn't gone through with it. He's, he's skipping that skipping that hurdles and, and going straight over fences with them.
0: Um, it's interesting that the other two horses who did do it were owned by the same owner who was obviously on on the same him she as him or we're happy to go down his routes? whether JP and his team would, would be happy doing that rather than a campaign towards the Ballymore or Alba Bala? maybe. Um, time will tell her. obviously we would have to sit down with those connections and speak it through but um, it's, it's interesting it's interesting I think we might even see factor file again because if the dream to share goes to punch down on better ground if that, it's hard to imagine on quicker ground than reversing the form on a sharper track really yeah. yeah, haven't been beaten by him twice so maybe maybe it'll be a will of an early um, an early summer's break
1: yeah that would seem to be the most logical thing to do with them uh, unless
0: JP unless jp splits them and sends um sends factor file to each you think you've want a bit of uh, juice in the ground there so
1: At this stage of his career, I'd say he does. I'd also say he's done enough. Like he's he's run the Leopardstown Christmas meeting, the Leopardstown Dublin Racing Festival, and the Champion Bumper, and he's won one of those three, and has run really really gallant races in in the other two. I I think it's probably enough. Didn't he last year
0: before? He did. Uh, Wouldn't, but he probably wasn't at his best at Punchestown, so maybe so. Yeah, maybe it'd be the time to draw stumps for the season and. be interesting if he did go straight over fences. Yeah, he does look like a chaser. Like he, he's some units in the paddock. Say he was the one who stood out to me on on physique.
1: Yeah, what distance would you be aiming for with him next year? It's going to be two and a half at minimum. I would, I would have thought.
0: Uh, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I think well, it depends. If you go over hurdles, or you do go, you wouldn't go straight. I think he'd probably be good enough to win a maiden hurdle or a beginner's chase over two, two, one, and stiff before going up and trip. He'd probably scared off a fair bit of opposition and but I think by the second half of the season at least he would want at least two and a half miles yeah
1: yeah he shapes more as an Albert Bartlett horse than a Bellymore one but that's irrelevant anyway because he may very well be going over fences uh, which brings me to anti-post selections so who stands out to you as a potential bet for Cheltenham next year Paul Ferguson
0: no, I haven't barely looked. Let's look at the markets now. I would say even up hardship here. Um, I think I, I'd seen a Perry pass was six to one for the Champion hurdle, um, but you probably want to be waiting to see if uh, if Constitution Hill was going um, chasing. If you if you take the view that you think he is going chasing, maybe the bet is just a small bet and take a chance and back. The double constitutional to win the article, and Impero pass to win the champion Erdl.
1: I like that. Um...
0: Uh, I wouldn't get. I wouldn't get heavily involved in anything at this stage. But if the, if you're if you're of the opinion that Nicky and Michael Buckley will take a chance and send them chasing, obviously he's going to be like long odds on for every race of as He will be if he stays over hurdles. But um, I'd imagine he'd still stay two miles and go the article route. And if that's the case, in Perry Pass to be the one that would interest me for the uh, for the champion hurdle.
1: Yeah. Look, it does sound like he's going to go chasing. So that's him out of the way. And by the way, it's not what I would do. I would dominate the champion hurdle for the next few years. <laughs> no, I, I yeah. applaud it greatly. I think it's an incredibly refreshing uh, and brave move. I still don't move. think he, I, For all he will talk about it through the summer, I still think he'll probably reappear in the fight
0: in fifth. But... Um, <laughs> That's that. it. It's, yeah, it's probably the safest option to take, isn't it? And that's the route that most of us would take anyway. I, I wouldn't mind all a horse who's who looks capable of winning three or four champion hurdles.
1: No, I'd, I'd be delighted with it. I did ask Barry Garrity <laughs> on Talksport 2 on Wednesday, um, which route he would go down. And he was very much of the view like, whatever Nicky wants to do, he would do. But I, th- I'm pretty certain I remember him saying it's he'd go back for the champion hurdle again. Um, and it's what I would do I've, I've never I seen
0: last, I can't remember the last champion hurdle winner To go in a novice chase on his next start Or two starts or um, There
1: you go Ooh, Good question Very good question That's one for the listeners Who has Who's the last champion hurdle winner to go Straight over fences uh, It's probably staring us right in the face And we're just not thinking of it um, Yeah maybe yeah, I can't think of one. I can't think of one right now, anyway. Um, but it's it's a refreshing decision, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm all for it. Um, it does mean that the champion hurdle will be wide open next year, and if Imperial Pass goes down that route, obviously he's well up there, and I think Paul has identified a very interesting one there at 6-1. to one. Um, I'm intrigued to know what they do at Stateman. Is there an appetite to go novice chasing with him, or do you stay over hurdles? Because he'll probably win it next year if, if they do. And to be fair to him, Honeysuckle winning the mayor's hurdle puts a really good spin on his run in the Irish champion hurdle. It just goes to prove how good a horse he is. He's just coming up against an unbeatable machine in Constitution Hill. As long as that horse stays sound, he's going to win everything. Um, it's extraordinary what he's doing. So what Willie decides to do, a is is going to be up in the air. I guess we'll see what happens at Punchestown. But I would be interested in Diverge. At 40s, in, if Constitution Hill is gone novice chasing, then it becomes a very open race and a bit of left-field thinking. Yeah, I'd be very intrigued and diverge. I thought that was a huge performance from him. With all due respect to Patrick Mullins, it's Patrick who was on board, not a pro, and he's gotten around really well, and he's run a, a terrific race to be third behind two very exciting young horses who it seems as though are going to be out of the way as well. And with the summer on his back strengthening up, to be a much better horse next year with a better preparation. Don't see him as a chaser. I would see him as a hurdler. I think Forties is very interesting about him. And the other is John Bon. John Bon's just blindingly obvious. I would be much more interested in him for a Gold cup. You're tilting at windmills, but roll the dice. Um roll the dice. See if he can stay. And and if he can, I think he'd be very, very intriguing. He's obviously intriguing for the Ryanair, and it's almost the more obvious race. Which is why at this point I'd be much more interested in Sir Garrett for that race. And I'll reiterate this again. I'm not sure he'll win again this season. And hopefully he takes on John at entry, makes the market, and we can get stuck into John Bonnet and he absolutely beats him sideways. But back to Cheltenham next year, at a meeting he does so so well at. Um back over a trip that would be much more suitable for him. He won the ballymore over this distance. He's 33 to 1 for the Reiner. And you should have Alaho back. NYLN might go Gold cup. He'll be a year older, but I don't know what the story is with Alaho. So if, if Sir Gerard is fitting well, 33 to 1 about him for the Reiner would, would interest me. I thought he shaped very well in, in the Brown advisory over a trip that just does not suit him at all. So they, they'd be my darts. John Bond, Gold cup. He's not even priced up. I'd be very keen on him for that. Diverge for the champion hurdle at 40s and Sir Gerard. For the Ryanair um, what was your overall highlight of Cheltenham 2023 Paul Ferguson uh,
0: probably well even though I of Love Envoy <laughs> probably the hour um, in terms of pure racing from a purist point of view the hour from seeing Constitution Hill win to the reception when he received. Um received was pretty uh, unique in terms of what you would see on a race course normally um, it was, it was to say, it was a privilege to be there on the Tuesday, really. It was uh, from start to finish, it was a uh, it was tremendous days racing. The Supreme was good, the article lived up to it, um, its billing, and then obviously we had the champion performance, which I thought he he, <laughs> he he could have won by so much more if he'd really wanted to.
1: Oh, um, the distance it. buyers were bulling with Nico de Voyneville. Why, oh, Nico, oh. why didn't you drive him out?
0: Um. And then I say Honeysuckle was probably the result that 99.9% of the race course wanted. And there's actually a couple, uh, before I go I'm going to have to shoot in a minute because I need to be at Weatherby as soon as possible. But um, a couple of novices, just seen as one of the novice team, I thought caught the eye. I'm currently in the process of writing a review for Weatherby's, which will be out on social media in the next few days of all 28 races. But um, in the ultimate on day one, um, I know both of us were keen on Monbeck Genius. I thought he ran off. A fine race, really. He's finished yeah. third. Um, he's gone up five pounds today. Um, to be the handicap at Aintree for him, or the Scottish National will be options cloth cap on as, as a novice for John Joe. Um, I'd actually think he'd be worth a, an entry in a grade one at, at Aintree. Say if the real wacker doesn't go, I don't know who will turn up. So um, he's up to 145 now. Could see him running well um, before the season starts again at either Aintree or Air. And a horse who's pulled up in the race mentioned on the preview um, at big odds, um, where were we? uh, who led for a long way, Harper's Brook. Um, yeah, he was pulled up in the end, but he, he gave a fine sight out in front under Tom Cannon. I um, convinced this was. So I didn't really think he wanted that trip. I like think I said last week on the preview show, I had to put him in the plate. So I was surprised he didn't get an entry there. Um, he ran, he ran really well at big odds for a long way. He's been dropped today to one thirty-two. The entries are going in today for the top one. I know he's a lightly race novice. Um too far from the front round there. If he gets an entry there, he'd be also I'd be interested. He'd certainly give someone a good spin over the big fences or the thoughts thought. I mean, if that's not if that if that's not feasible or not what Ben Paul on route he wants to go down, he's probably capable of winning something before the season's also of an intermediate trip. Or maybe you'll be able to the likes of the paddy power in the autumn. So He'd
1: just be one for the notebook, I'd say. Name
0: of that horse again? Brook
1: Put him in your tracker for sure. I think Monbeck Genius is a great shout. Uh, did us proud, ran an absolute blinder, and I'm sure he will be... Uh, I'd love him in the Scottish National. I'd, I'd love to see him there for all that, that Paul is talking about, the Grade one, but I'd, I'd love him in the Scottish Grand National. Uh, Dennis O'Regan will be alongside us uh, with Barry Cole as we break down the championship races at Cheltenham. We're going to record that later on tonight. In the meantime, I've got a two-and-a-half-hour drive in front of me and then a two and a half hour drive back as well so Paul Ferguson, head off to Weatherby my friend tremendous stuff as always thoroughly enjoyed your insight uh, to the previews of Cheltenham and really enjoyed your insight to breaking it down uh, for the novice hurdlers and novice chasers and the bumper division it's a dark time for British racing in terms of the quality that Ireland has but it's an exciting time to look back on as well and um, I'm very much looking forward to talking more racing with you soon my friend Cheers, Emma. Thanks. Paul Ferguson and um, Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide. A terrific read. Steered us in the right direction on more than one occasion. And um, I'm sure you will be leaning on that for entry as well, Paul. Be back for entry too. Uh, Dennis O'Regan, Barry Call alongside me as we review the championship races at Cheltenham. All that's to come safe, be well. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. The final furlong podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all
0: sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. The sports betting exchange today. New customers only. Terms and conditions apply.